Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. Well, it is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 175. 175 today, my friends. Today is Friday, March 28th. 2014. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. I'd love to say it's sunny and warm, but we just got two inches of snow. With uh, me, as always, tell me some better uh, news, Asif. Yeah, we don't have snow. Uh, we have rain, but uh, it's Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association. Well, I, uh, yes, we have, uh, you know, I don't even know what happened here. Like, uh, Mother Nature was pissed. She has dumped a bunch of snow on us, and uh, I think it'll be gone sometime in May. So, for those of you who are thinking of visiting the city, the great city of Ottawa, don't come until May. Maybe June. Oh, along with the Senators. Yes. Well, you can golf with the Senators at the end of next week, That's along right. with the Leafs. The Leafs yeah, and the Senators yeah. and you can golf starting next week. There you go. doesn't matter because baseball starts on Monday. When you were listening to this, baseball season would have commenced in North America. And today, you know, see if i got to <coughs> say... This uh, turnout in Montreal, you know that your Toronto Blue Jays are playing the New York Mets starting tonight, which is a Friday night and Saturday night, in the Big O, which is the former home of the Montreal Expos. There are going to be 60,000 people at both of these games. Doesn't that warm your heart? It does. It does. And yet... You know they've got they've got this whole thing going about trying to like bring bring the team back or yes. bring a team back to Montreal, and they got a site and you can like sign up to say you're willing to buy season tickets. And in all that time they've been doing that, they got eight thousand people. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah. we're cheap, but we want what we want. Yeah, it's true. I would uh, you know there's talk about uh, you know all these old Expos players, Warren Cromartie and these guys. Ellis Valentine was in Ottawa yesterday. This is you know baseball geek talk, but there really is a big movement here because they the, they've said that the city can sustain another team, a Major League Baseball team. It just angers me that we've had to wait 10 years and we actually had to let the Expos go. Anyways, that's a completely different story. But this is location-based marketing. Yes. Uh, how was your week? Anything that you want to uh, push forward going? Uh, what are you doing next week? Uh, I am off to uh, Los Angeles next week. Uh, next Tuesday, April the 1st, is the Mobile Media Summit. Uh, at the SLS Hotel and a uh, great lineup of speakers there and uh, you know we're going to talk about mobile and social and location and you know, phenomenal uh, agenda people at, at that so that's all on the uh, LBMA website under events and there's banners all over there so it's uh, not hard to, uh, to find it at all but Mobile Media Summit LA April 1st is where I'll be and then it's uh, you know maybe a little bit of relaxation time for you. Focus inwardly on uh, the LBMA, and then you're back out on the road, really, uh, for for the final push of spring, right? Yeah, a few little things, uh, small little things in the rest of April, but yeah, May, May and June are when it gets insanely crazy again. So yeah, for sure. Well, we uh, we have our ten stories this week. Of course, we're going to go over them quickly. We've uh, chosen, we've highlighted three of them that we think are the key ones, and uh, hopefully, you believe that that is true at the end of this. But first, before we get into those and our resource, here is Chuck Martin and our mobile minute. It's time for another mobile minute. Here are your hosts, Bob Woodbridge and Chuck Martin. Hi, everybody, and welcome back. Chuck, there always seems to be this tug of war between privacy and value. Privacy and value. Is there a way that these can balance each other? Well, that's probably going to be going on for some time. It also depends on, on what part of the world because it's, it's different in different parts. But um, a new study by, by Prime Research from MasterCard found that 
um, sentiments about mobile payments have improved so that 70% of those adopting them versus 58% a year earlier. So we're, we're getting more open about adopting it. In yet another study, 60% of millennials are okay with giving their personal information to marketers. Now, interestingly, uh, almost a third, 30% of those initially hesitated to get, give any info in the Mintel study until they were offered a small incentive. So they're basically, it's the old barrier to entry. What is the, what is the cost? Uh, and people say, well, I'll never do that. You say, well, if I paid you to do it, well, that's different. Maybe I'll do it a little bit. Uh, and that, that's kind of where we are right now. It still comes down to that the balance between privacy and value. And what's really key for marketers is that they need to make sure that they allow consumers to shut this stuff off at any time they want so the consumer has control. Even though someone opted in one time, they need to be able to stop it. Comes down to everybody has a price and your price could be a coupon or your price could be a latte or it could be a new car. But you also have to have a choice, so it's price and choice, right? Yeah, yeah. Mine's the new car. Um, <laughs> no, the, the reality is, uh, you're right. And what's interesting from a marketing standpoint is because everyone has a different value. The, you can't just offer one size fits all deal or value to people. It's going to be what matters to you. Some people admit what may matter more is not a discount. It could be free delivery to home or same day delivery or in store pickup or or something that. If you buy this, you get this other thing with it, and it has nothing to do with necessarily a discount on the product. That was Chuck Martin and our Mobile Minute. Of course, I do that five days a week with Chuck over on Untether.tv. You can subscribe to the video podcast through iTunes, or of course, you can just go to Untether.tv and watch them every, every one of them. I think we're up to 275 now published through Untether.tv. Uh, amazing, amazing resource. I thank Chuck for letting us use it here, and of course, I thank Chuck for being a part of it on Untether.tv. All right, Asif, on with the top 10 news items from this past week. I don't believe that there was a bigger story that actually was a more polarizing and controversial story than our first one today. Facebook acquiring Oculus VR. Now, Oculus is the company that makes the Oculus Rift. These guys basically were acquired for $2 billion this past Tuesday. $400 million of that is in straight-up cash, and the rest is in Facebook shares. We're going to ask a little bit later on in the show, what does this mean? On one side, there are people that supported them through uh, Kickstarter that are angry as all hell, including the... Um, the inventor of Minecraft. And then on the other side, there's a, this camp that thinks, holy cow, this actually means that they might actually have a little bit of dollars in order to be able to develop this product even further. All we know is that Mark Zuckerberg looks at this as a long-term bet on the future of computing. We will have this discussion a little bit later on in the show. $2 billion Facebook spending freely. There you go. Uh, our second story uh, comes from London, and it's about a company called Iconomy, um, and that's I-C-O-N-E-M-E. -E. Uh, and these guys make mannequins for retail stores uh, that uh, can talk to shoppers, is how they describe it. So they basically got some beacon technology uh, built into mannequins. Uh, and one of the keys to this is is that uh, you know obviously retailers everywhere are looking at beacons and placement of beacons you know they want to make sure in certain environments are you know in a aesthetically pleasing way so why not build it into the mannequins which is one of the most prominent you know real estate placements in a store and so that's what they're going for here and uh, and so there's you know some social media connectivity you can take pictures it, it automatically knows what the mannequin's wearing and and share photos of that with your friends and. Um, you know, and get alerts as to where you can find that particular product on the mannequin in the store. 
So some interesting use case here, um, but uh, yeah, check it out. Iconomy, I-C-O-N-E-M-E, -E, uh, mannequins that can talk to shoppers. And it's Iconomy.com. You can find some more information about that. All right, a third story. Uh, this is this has been all over the place because uh, if you follow Tim Ferriss on Twitter, he's been pushing this pretty heavily. He's an investor in this company called Ship S H Y P at S H Y P dot com. This I love. We'll be talking a little bit about this, of course, later on in the show as well because it might signal a trend that we're seeing. But I hate shipping things. I know people hate shipping things. It's a skill and a talent to be able to do this, to be able to get the right package and way bill and all that crap. I just don't care about it. So here's a company that will do it for you. All you have to do is download their application, take a photo of what you want to ship, tell you tell them how you want it shipped, tell you where you want it to be shipped. They will send a uh, uh, somebody to pick it up as is. Like literally, I want this napkin shipped. It will take that as a napkin, and they will do all the packaging, bring back at their uh, at their home base, and they will decide which service to ship it from. And the most cost-effective based on what what your goal is, how, how quickly you want it there. And they will do all the work. They charge a $5 fee. And that's it. And it's only in San Francisco, of course. And, you know, you have to pay your postage as well. And it, and it provides up to $1,000 worth of insurance. This is a pretty cool thing. I love this kind of service because I'm a lazy bastard. Ship.com. S-H-Y-P dot com. We'll be talking about that a little later in the show. There you go. All right, our fourth story. Uh, uh, two companies we've talked about a lot on this uh, on this show in the last little while. PayPal uh, has partnered with Placed and David Shim's company, Placed, that uh, has basically tried to be the the Nielsen for mobile location analytics. Uh, they've built a panel of uh, 125,000 uh, app users across the U.S. Um, and basically have you know full rights to track these people 24/7, 365, and wherever they're going and what they're doing after they see ads. Um, and uh, and so PayPal's teamed up with these guys to to basically look and say when an ad's delivered through the PayPal ad network, the former Where, by the way, which was they acquired a couple years ago. Um, so when an ad gets delivered in there, you know, does that ad actually result in in, in traffic to the store? So okay. kind of going after the the space that Place IQ and others, uh, Factual and such, uh, are in. Um, you know, I think this is a good partnership, and um, you know, we'll see where it goes. The you know, I was reading this story just to. Go one one step further on this, and they were talking about you know what else PayPal can do from a data perspective, and they were alluding to you know uh, being able to link uh, p email addresses that are tied to PayPal accounts to uh, purchase data and all that kind of stuff. And I you know I, I love what they're doing here. I think this makes sense because this is a panel of people who have agreed to be tracked. Um, but you know going and abusing you know people who've given you their their email address for you know for from a purchase perspective and linking that to you know what they're doing in terms of traffic and mobile analytics. I don't know. I don't. I. I think that's crossing uh, crossing the line myself. Uh, but we'll see what happens. That is an ethical border that you don't want to cross. I think. Yeah. Well, our fifth story. Uh, in a previous episode, we covered ad tiles and their motion ads. These are ads that take advantage of the smartphone's GPS, gyroscope, motion co-processor, accelerometer, and compass to display interactive ads. Remember, we were talking about that one that you know you, yep. it was only 100 steps to the coffee uh, coffee shop where you get a discount on the coffee. Well, they uh, announced uh, AdTile announced uh, something that they're coming out with soon, which is uh, kinetic ads for smartphones, and I freaking love this. It encompasses a variety of overlapping ad tile technologies. The 
motion ad technology that we've talked about. And, uh, and it is designed for your smartphone or for, not for your smartphone, for your uh, smartwatches. And these, yeah. this is a really cool thing. It, it, it basically connects with beacons, NFC tags, uh, sensors around the user. And instead of just delivering something to the phone, it delivers it right to the watch. And it, it, it's an interactive piece. It only displays what it needs to display. Uh, the perfect example is uh, really when you walk near a... Uh, you know, a poster or something for travel, and uh, you can get the deals right on on your watch. And uh, you basically, you you turn your arm, and it gives you different deals, and then you can actually have those sent to your inbox. And I love this. We'll be talking about this a little bit deeper. But uh, if you'd like some more information, you just go to adtile.com. These guys are are pretty cool. We love this kind of technology. Can't say enough good about this. And for their motion ad technology. I swear, this, the smartwatch, the way that they've displayed it, is the perfect, perfect avenue for for yeah. this technology. More so we, than we, the smartphone. We, we need we need more people, you know, using all those sensors and then devices to generate ads that actually use the accelerometer and the compass and, and all that stuff. And so, motion ads, I love it. Yeah, so do I. Ad tile, kinetic ads for smartwatches. We'll we'll talk about that as our third story a little bit later on. <clears throat> all right, our sixth story is about a company called Spaceified. Mm -hmm. um, and these guys are, are really, really interesting. I, I, this concept uh, for, for me, I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of blown away with it a little bit. And, and I'm sitting, it's one of those ones, it's so simple. You're like, damn, why damn. Didn't, why didn't, <laughs> Rob, why didn't we do this? I don't right? know. So basically, it's described as a dating website uh, that matches up retailers with vacant lots that can be used for pop-up stores. Um, and it's only active in Europe at the moment. But yeah, I mean, basically they find lots that you know that you can create a, a pop-up store in, and we know the whole trend around pop-up stores is is everywhere right now. People are, you know, retailers are clamoring to find space, and retail, you know, the the you know this idea of hey, you know, he, you know, we just opened a uh, a Nordstrom rack store on the, on this corner, and the you know social media is sharing it out there, and it's you know only there for the next you know sixteen hours. Um, so this guy, these guys can help you find actual real estate to do that uh, through this dating site. So I love it. Shopify should, yeah, Shopify should look at these guys because of their Popify uh, process that they do. Yeah. They take, you know, the digital um, uh, digital retailers or e-tailers that they have, and, and once in a while they bring them into one spot and they become physical retailers. So it, it's yeah. very cool. Uh, why don't we think of this, Asif? Let's stop for a it's moment. It's only in Europe, Rob. This, we can still do this in Canada. Come on. Here we go. Stop yeah. for a moment and think about it. how many companies that we see that we say that exact same thing. It's so simple. Yeah, Damn. a lot. Uber. Why didn't I think of Uber. Anyways, all right, our seventh story, Pepsi uh, and this unbelievable bus shelter. That's what it's called. I'll give you a little bit of setup, then I'm going to play a video because no words can do this justice. Basically, they rigged up a bus stop in the middle of central London with some pretty impressive digital technology. And it, it gives uh, computers the illusion that they are looking through a pane of glass to the world outside. But unbeknownst to them, they're seeing a digital display. And then all of a sudden, some amazing things start to happen, like alien invasions, bombs blowing up, octopus or squid. I don't even know what it is coming out of the sewer systems. Men floating by on balloons. What am I talking about? Well, if you're listening to this, you are going to miss this visual. This is why you should watch this show. But if you're watching this, stick around, take a look at this right now. Pepsi's unbelievable bus shelter.
I feel privileged for all who can witness this. I am close to divine. Know the moment is mine. The moment of sign. To all the squares that ask around, we getting it. My skills pay me. Trying to get a million baby with an adopted flow that God gave me. Me now. Tell whoever runners that they spot us temporary time. Tell me some of my wealth tip. So when we cash out soon, I'm just investing. I'm telling you, this is how it works, man. There's a little camera right here. Amazing. Amazing. Especially like this one guy, like uh, when the lion was coming at him, he yeah, just freaking tore off like a bat out of hell. The funniest thing in the world. So that is Pepsi's unbelievable bus shelter. They've had over 2 million views on that in like four days. It's pretty amazing. I love this kind of innovation. Uh, and, and if you are listening to this and you want to watch that, just do a, a Google search for Pepsi unbelievable bus shelter. It's a good place to start. There you go. All right, moving over to Toronto for our eighth story. My home um, is a company called Physicalytics, uh, and these guys are you know playing in that space of tracking people uh, with you know Wi-Fi signals and beacon data and all that kind of stuff. And they're they're trying to uh, carve themselves uh, a niche that says um, you know uh, we're privacy first. Um, as opposed to, uh, you know, Nordstrom, Euclid, Al Franken, you know, uh, Nightmare. By the way, just quick, quick sidebar, and I'll go in a little more. Al Franken is about to publish his, his uh, or, or about to uh, push for this new location privacy bill. We'll talk about that next week. Uh, but he's got all kinds of data in there. He's got, you know, Elizabeth Warren and a whole bunch of other people backing him. Um, so that's that's going to be a big story next week uh, as he uh, tries to file for new laws around location privacy. But here we are. Physicalytics is a company that's basically saying, look, you know, we're not collecting demographic data, we're not collecting Facebook profiles, we're not collecting you know anything in detail here. We're just providing anonymous information on you know on movements of people and what's going on. Um, you know, this is a crowded, crowded space. Um, you know, these guys. I, personally, I think these guys are going to have a tough time. Uh, you know, fighting against everybody else. I mean, just here in Toronto, you have Turnstile and you have you have others alone, um, you know, that are doing this. And yes, everybody's got a slightly different approach. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with this. So check it out. Physicalytics, just as it's uh, as it sounds. Physical, <laughs> so easy. So yeah, easy. Physical Y-T-I-C-S. Physicalytics. It just rolls off my tongue. Physicalytics. I just want to ask a, a point of clarification. So these guys are, are coming from it from they want to protect your identity. But they still want yes. to track you. Yes. How's is that like? Uh, like I, I'm kind of pregnant, or yeah. my house kind of burnt down, or something. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it. Well, the analytical data you can get from some of this stuff in yeah. terms of just traffic flow and 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 dwell time and and counting and things like that is valuable to these retailers. Sure. Right. Um. But you know, it, it means you can't do any one to one engagement, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, right. I, and I think. That that's that's the big thing is that uh, it's one thing to produce the the data, but you know all the other guys like Euclid and everything are trying to create actions out of it. So I, I think that yeah, you're right. This is gonna be tough for them. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. All right, uh, our ninth story. Uh, we will talk about this because we thought that this was a uh, well, 
Uh, let me get into the story here is that AT&T Mobility uh, is shutting down its location-based alerts text messaging based marketing program at the end of the month but they plan to release an updated version of this later in the year so if you don't know what this is this is basically a partnership between AT&T and some of the biggest retailers like the Gap, Staples, Zales, Last Call, by Neiman Marcus, Duracell, Motorola, Discover and others and th these were uh, location-based text ads text messages that were used to entice you to come into the store. Maybe they were discounts, maybe they were like in Neiman Marcus. What didn't they do? Um, uh, oh, that was in this in, in the UK, where they, they enticed you in to get a smoothie and then they, they brought you into the store. But so these were location-based, free opt-in uh, text-based mm -hmm. uh, alerts. And so they're, they're shutting this down. They, they said that this was only a beta. They're going to be bringing it in-house. They're going to be rejigging it and re-releasing at the end of the year. Uh, and we always talk to Sif and I uh, around how carriers should be owning this relationship because they're the point of demarcation. They have the most power. They have all the customers that are sitting on the end of their network like this. And interesting to see what they do um, and I'm interesting to get a Sif's perspective on why they're shutting it down and what they're going to do. But for now, they're shutting the alerts program down and maybe re launching it later on this year. There you go. All right, and our final story, our tenth story, uh, comes from Germany, Hamburg in particular, uh, and it's about a, a campaign that was launched by or created by an agency called Think, um, and it's called Deutschland findet Uk, um, and uh, really, really cool stuff. This is all about finding missing children um, and uh, basically using um, out-of-home uh, technology uh, in a very interesting way, where they basically have. Um, two screens effectively they've got kind of like a big billboard that's transparent and you can look through it um, and then a sort of another one behind it with some um, kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for here Rob polarizing polarizing film yeah film yeah um, and on that is is this you know sort of a picture of the missing child uh, and there's a video here that uh, that, that uh, you know you will play here so that you can kind of get the full effect. But the idea is is that you know unless you look through one, you can't see the missing child, right? So as in it's missing, right? But when you look at it directly, it's not there. Um, you know, and I, so I really like this. I think this is really clever uh, use of out-of-home technology and obviously bringing light to a, a very important issue. Uh, you know, trying to find, uh, you know, engaging the public in trying to uh, you know find these missing children. I think, you know, the big thing for me as that video is playing right now is, is the fact that it's a deliberate action. So, you know, the metaphor yep. about not being seen and then walking in front of the polarized... Yep. Um the polarizing film, I think, is 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 a deliberate action so that it, it resonates, it sticks with you, and it becomes a, a destination for people. So, uh, these these kind of things, um, I, I'm so impressed with when when we see these things in action. I don't think that these can be replicated very easily on every street corner, no. but I, I do believe that uh, that this will do good, and hopefully, something good comes of it. It's pretty neat. There you go. That was just me stalling for the end of the video, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so check it out. Um, you know, and kudos to the agency. Again, it's called Think that put this together. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, Deutschland findet Juk. Socially minded folks. All right, those are the uh, top 10 stories. We're going to talk about Facebook, AT&T, and ship in one moment. But before we do that, I have to do my plea for Patreon. This is a place that you can support independent content like Untether.tv, This Week in Location-Based Marketing. It is, you can find a little bit more information about us at patreon.com forward slash untether. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash untether. 
And all we're asking for is a buck a month, a minimum of a buck a month. That doesn't mean you have to be literal. You could do two bucks. You could do three bucks. We've had some guys do five, $25, one-time investments. We'd appreciate anything that you can afford. Anything, if you find value in what we're providing to you and you feel that it's necessary to give back, you got that burning itch inside of you to give back, this is the best way to do it. Uh, the other way you can do it, of course, is by giving us a rating on iTunes. And the more of you do that, the better that we do there as well. So there you go. you got two forms of currency that are important to us. One is cold hard cash. The other one is cold hard stars, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I'd like to thank uh, two new patrons for us right now, Dean McGowan and Sharon Henry. Thank you guys for coming on board and supporting Untethered.tv and This Week in Location-Based Marketing. And you too can support this show by going to patreon.com forward slash untether. Yeah, and then just one other plug um, that uh, that we should bring up here, which is Rob and I have been working hard. Was, how can uh, I forget about this? Diligently on this uh, on this new book that uh, that uh, will come out. Um, yes, sometime this fall. But uh, it's called People Places Media, and if you just go to peopleplacesmedia.com and sign up, you can actually get the first chapter for free. So it's all yours, uh, right? please do that. Um, you know, we, we we need we need the validation um, that uh, that we're we're doing the right thing here. But uh, yeah, go check it out, peopleplacesmedia.com, and uh, sign up to uh, get the first chapter for free. You know, what? I'm going to remember that we're doing that for the next episode. I'm going to make a mental note. Yeah. Uh, so that's it, patreon.com forward slash untether and peopleplacesmedia.com. Go and do it. Support support this show if you can. All right, so uh, our three stories, we're going to be talking about Oculus uh, and Facebook, AT&T giving up on the uh, text alerts and ship this great little service that I think is a uh, an indicator canary for many more services that are going to be coming this way. So we'll start with Facebook and Oculus. This is an interesting play. There is so, it's polarizing, isn't it? This last uh, kind of, uh, you know, three days this week have been extremes when it comes to this. This $2 billion acquisition by Facebook of Oculus, a, a, a Kickstarter-funded company. What, what's your sense of this? Is this, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm mixed. I, I didn't invest in them on Kickstarter. And if anybody offered me $2 billion, I would take it yes. immediately. And, you, you know, a, a lot of people are saying, well, this is a, uh, you know, a, a crowdfunded company from Kickstarter. And um, I don't know what makes that any different. Like the goal is to get the product out the door, make sure that it has a long shelf life. You put money into it. It's not an investment. It's a, you support it. Um, but he, here it is actually doing what it set out to do, which is to have a long life because it's now in a company that has uh, deep pockets, right? What's wrong with yeah. this? What's wrong with this deal? <laughs> well, you, you know, I, I mean, I, I can see both sides of this, and I think no. on the one hand, uh, a lot of the, uh, you, you know, the negativity around this is, you know, a lack of clarity um, like in why? terms of uh, of what Facebook's going to actually do with this thing, yeah. right? And you know, uh, Zuckerberg came out and uh, and says that you know he views Oculus as the, um, you know, and 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 virtual reality as the communication platform of the future. What does that mean? Um, you know, so what does that mean? Yeah. You know, uh, and and I think that um, you know what we're looking at is is that you know whether we're talking about Google Glass or we're talking about Oculus or we're talking about any kind of augmented or virtual you know reality you know I think this is interesting I, I think that the value here for Facebook is Facebook obviously is is the you know they're the kings of social media uh, you know people follow a lot of brands people engage you know around events you know with each other and with their friends 
and with what brands are doing on Facebook. And, you know, it, we've talked about Oculus just yep. recently on the show about the idea of you know, basically being able to experience a concert. Love it. Uh, you know, from your home. Um, as if you were actually there. Now think about that being equipped through Facebook, right? Think about that, you know, being equipped through that, you know, giant social channel and brands being able to go to a Facebook and say, well, we want, you know, yes, we, you know, we're we're running this, you know, this this huge festival or we're sponsoring South by Southwest and we've got this big thing going on here, but we want to extend the audience to people who can't come to South by Southwest, um, and we want to do that through Facebook and through all the people that are on that platform. Um, you know, I can see that. Um, but the challenge is, is that you know, this I personally I think the challenge is the same as, as Google's challenge, right? You have, you know, hardware that is not native to you know the way we 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 live and work today, right? Like, do I want to have some giant you know glasses on my head walking around on the street, right? I don't know about that. Um, Google came out this week with an announcement and said that uh, they've uh, signed a deal with Luxottica, which is the um, you know the the eyeglass uh, and sunglass uh, manufacturer that owns Ray-Ban and a few others to to manufacture now the the final uh, commercial versions of Google Glass. Uh, and, and be responsible for for that design. Yeah. So, I guess that's a good thing because the current design because the current design sucks uh, and looks terrible. Um, so you know we'll see where that goes. Um, you know, and, and when you look at this Oculus Rift stuff, I mean, yes, the experience is good. I've tried it, but the thing is huge, right? <laughs> I mean, it looks it looks like those you know those, and I don't mean this. In any more derogatory way than it's going to sound, but like it looks like those big granny glasses with it, you know, where it's got like the full like the blue blockers, around. the blue blockers, right? yeah, yeah, right. I mean, that's what it looks like, and uh, you know, that's not the look I want personally. But. <laughs> well, you're not going to be walking down the street with this. This this is an interesting uh, acquisition because I think that uh, you know um, it was only recently. Uh, that Zuckerberg tried the service out and he was blown away with it. And uh, yeah. so, you know, on one hand, I think of this uh, this kid like, dude, I want it. Like the guy yeah. who bought Remington, right? The uh, shaving company, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, on that side, it's like, you know, uh, he, he wants the technology and it, and, and, <coughs> and, he can, and he can do it because he's got the money to be able to do that. Uh, he's sure. using his stocks, his stock wisely to buy these things. $400 million for this. No question. But I think that he's also thinking that they almost missed mobile, right? They almost missed mobile, completely missed mobile. So, <coughs> so what they've been doing is they have, uh, you know, they've gone the exact opposite. They buy things and they're buying things. And I think that he's buying this for the future. It's worth a $400 million risk if he can do this. And he missed the Nest acquisition. He didn't get into that, right? So he wasn't going to let this slip through his fingers. And I think that that's why he, he bought this. Um, but one of the things that were very interesting to me, like Amazon, I don't like he doesn't consider his company a hardware company and it's not a hardware company. Facebook is not a hardware company. Amazon is not a hardware company. But he looks at he's very interested in this and the services and software layer on this as a way to actually extend the reach, whether it's socially, whatever Facebook yep. looks like in five or six years. Same way that Amazon doesn't think of themselves as a hardware company. They think of themselves as a retailer. Sure. So, and, and I can, and so from that perspective, I can buy the statement of you know it's a communications platform, yeah, right. So can I. Um, it, it, so is WhatsApp that they bought, yeah, right? Yeah. And so you know, so so I mean, if that's where they're going to say, hey, you know, we're the next generation AT and T, right? AT and T doesn't yeah. make hardware either, no, nope. right? Um, you know, and and we've got all these the, these different communications channels uh, available to us, and software available to us, and data available to us on all these people, then, you know, this starts to make some sense to me. It does. 
And I think that he had to have done this because, you know, if you're not looking five years out or 10 years out, if you're not looking at the next computing paradigm, you'll end up like our good friends, BlackBerry, right? Yeah. Who just By the way, great article on BlackBerry today in the uh, Toronto Star yeah. on QNX basically, you know, owning the car market and, and will continue to do so. So uh, for connected car. And so. that's that's right right above the article that says BlackBerry is going to turn the company around by creating a high-end uh, keyboard phone to woo back the executives that left. Yeah, forget about that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Right. That, that coupled with uh, the White House coming out and saying that they they've authorized testing of non BlackBerry devices now. Say goodbye. So, so yeah. sad. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Facebook and Oculus, we'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Would, does it matter to you? It, like for me, it's not something that I would be using right away. It doesn't matter. I don't give it. I don't care right now. So uh, yeah. But I, I mean, think, I don't play games. So no. And I think and that's that what it is today. Facebook. Right. They did this. They did this right. I think that they this is something that they that they, uh, they the way that they acquired this company, they did this right. Whether it's a good company to acquire, I don't know. And only time will tell. They're either going to be chumps or geniuses. But at 400 million dollars, I don't I don't think that it matters to them. Uh, wouldn't that be there nice? you go. All right. All right. Uh, so, see, for our second story that we want to dive into is this whole thing about the AT&T and text alerts. What happened here, man? We always thought that that the, the carrier was the right place and the right organization to be able to control the text messages, location-based text messages, because they own the customer base out there on the middle of the road, right? And uh, why why do this? Why why put this out classified as a beta? I never heard it classified as a beta before. And then, uh, you know, it, it, will this come back or was it successful enough? Yeah, well, I mean, that's what you do when something fails, right? You say it was beta. <laughs> right. um, uh, and then and then you uh, you say, yeah, we're, we're revamping it and it'll come back. I think it will come back. Um, you know, I'll take them at their word for that timing. Who knows? But um, the reality is, is that you know, in in Europe and in Asia, you know, this stuff, the carriers have been very successful in pushing these things out. Uh, we've talked about O2, Vodafone, yep. Starhub, Singtel. I mean, these guys have had great success in doing geo-targeted SMS. The reality is, is that, is that this is North America, and North America is all about smartphones and all about apps. Right, and and so everything that happens, you know, over here is is about app first, um, and so while you know SMS is is a great platform, and you know certainly you know allows you to reach everybody, feature phone included. The reality is, is we live in an app centric culture. Uh, retailers, these retailers who've been you know testing this platform, all have their own branded apps, right, and are sitting there going, yeah, and we're putting beacons in our stores, and we've got push notifications in that, and that are geo targeted. You know what is this bringing us that we can't do ourselves? Um, you know, and that's not necessarily the case in some of these other markets, and from a reach perspective. So, I'm not surprised uh, that th that this didn't work out. You know, I'm surprised that um, that uh, you know that that they they weren't able to kind of tailor this in such a way that uh, you know they could they could they could help these these retailers reach a different audience, right? Because the reality is, is probably what's happening here is when you look at the data behind the scenes, it's it's the, the guys who have smartphones are the guys who are, you know, the same people who you know they they, they that had opted into this kind of stuff, right? right. It, it's it's the same demographic as opposed yeah. to all the people on feature phone, who can't take advantage of all the other stuff, who don't know about this stuff and aren't as likely to opt into this. These are the people you need to reach. Um, 
But on that note, you know, that that really is very, very powerful to me is that, you know, if you're going after those companies, like the ones the ones that I listed off, like Neiman Marcus and Zales and Staples yeah. and the Gap. And so maybe the Gap, not the Gap, but but, uh, you know, if you're going into the upper echelon, the mid to, to higher brand levels, um, yeah, you're targeting people who have a little bit of affluence who are carrying a smartphone. Now, yeah. what about dry cleaners? What about what about the lower end services that they could have been going after in order to exactly. be able to entice them, the, the folks that might just be feature phone? focused uh, and and you know we've we featured that uh, you know story number two was an um, economy um, and and they're taking things into their own hands right so there you go you have mannequins that are NFC uh, enabled uh, that, that allow you to talk or low energy Bluetooth enabled beacon enabled and I think that that's that's the future of the high-end brands who can afford to do that but they, they left the, the huge gap in that small and medium-sized enterprises the, the lower tech companies and the lower tech customers yeah no, I completely agree. And, and, and there's some challenges there, without doubt, right? I mean, how do you, I mean, just, just identifying the feature phone user is easy for, for an AT&T to do. Obviously, they know who's on what platform. Yep. But, you know, from an opt-in perspective, from the subscriber's point of view, you know, trying to find out what dry cleaner they care about, you know, or, or, or what, you know, restaurant they care about uh, or category restaurant they care about, yep. that's a lot harder to do. Right, and I think that's where, as opposed to saying, you know, do you like the Gap? Yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, I opt in to receive stuff from the Gap. That's a totally different uh, marketing sales pitch, right? And I think, um, you know, that's the challenge we have here. But, you know, this stuff has to work. Um, you know, and this was this was the uh, the Shop Alerts program powered by uh, PlaceCast technology. We've seen PlaceCast move in, into other directions, into the connected car with the AHA radio stuff. Yep. That's you know that's the the right place to go. Uh, and I'm surprised that AT&T and some of the other carriers in the U.S. haven't gone there yet. I just wonder, you know, as these carriers are splintering and doing all of these different things, and you know, up here in Canada, we've got Rogers doing all of these different things, including home protection. Yep. You know, you've got radio, you've got television, you've got every smartphones, you've got everything. They're doing everything. I wonder if, if things, services like this, uh, you know, they don't hit a P&L. Uh, they get ejected pretty quickly, right? So that the yeah. service could be of, of great value, but they just don't have the dedicated staff or the dedicated resources to be able to really do it because it, it could be a loss leader, right? What, what benefit is it for AT&T, especially with the diminishing returns or the diminishing use of SMS and, and traditional SMS? Yeah. So I, 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 for me, like Rogers owns 18 million subscribers, right? Subs in, in Canada. Mm -hmm. that, that's the closest you're going to get to like pure, pure, pure marketing, right? Right directly to the consumer because they own those customers and those relationships. So there's got to be a way to be able to do this. And, you know, maybe it's something like this. I don't know if AT&T can do this. I don't know if Rogers can do this. But, I mean, I subscribe to Canadian business up here in, in Canada uh, for a dollar a month. Right, I never read the damn thing. It just stacks up. But for a dollar a month, instead of the four or five dollars it's on the newsstand, what if, what if uh, what if Rogers subsidized the cellular bill by saying we're going to knock off like they did? Remember the incentive? We're going to yeah. knock off five dollars if you just remain subscribed to our SMS, uh, you know, our shop alerts, right? Uh, something like that, where it's subsidized like Amazon does with the Kindle, where they knock off fifteen or twenty-five dollars if you see an ad when you launch the uh, the mm -hmm. Kindle, the uh, the device. Maybe there's a way for for AT and T or Rogers to do that when it comes to these shop yeah. alerts. Yeah, right? and 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 this isn't the first thing, right? I mean, like we we talked about these guys in the fall. They shut down their you know their whole AT and T yeah. you know labs and whatever uh, in New York and and sort of the you know the the ad uh, part of the business, the the mobile ad part of the business. So I mean, these guys are obviously not seeing you know the results Returns. that they expected from these these programs, and and it's, they got to go back to the drawing board and figure out what's going on, and and they're you know Verizon's got you know their own uh, system going, Sprint's got 
um, you know, what, what's their, uh, what's the sprint thing called? Pinsight, mm-hmm. I think it's called. Um, Pinsight Media, uh, which is their tar- uh, mobile targeting platform. So there's certainly, you know, the other carriers are certainly doing something uh, in this space. And I'm interested to see, you know, now that this big news came up from AT&T, you know, do the other guys retrench as well? Um, or do they just go, go even longer? Yeah. Oh, we don't have a lot of insight into what's going on, but it's a shame. But we'll, maybe we'll see it in the fall. We'll keep an eye out for that. If, we, if it doesn't return, yeah. we will make sure we let you know. And and, it's and, like, and maybe we'll you know we'll we'll reach out to AT and T and see if we can get them on the show to talk about this. Well, I think that this kind of like a beta program is like uh, is that the equivalent to a retailer putting up uh, clothes for renovations on the on the window? You know, clothes for renovations, which means mm-hmm. we'll see you later. We're in Mexico. <laughs> All right, our our last story that we want to talk about here is is uh, this cool service uh, called Ship, and you know not only is it is it uh, simple effective you know you basically take a picture of what it is that you want to ship you tell them when you want it there you tell them how quickly you want it there and they'll come they send a rep uh, all done through their application they send a rep with they show the picture of the rep that's coming to the door and uh, mm-hmm. you hand it off to them and they uh, packages it package it choose the right uh, FedEx or uh, you know pure later courier whatever it might be uh, for the job uh, based on cost you pay them five bucks plus shipping costs and they take care of everything, and I think that this is a fascinating, fascinating company. It's very—it's uh, only available in San Francisco right now, but it's—and it's very, very, very human intensive. This doesn't scale effectively because you can only launch in one city and have enough people to be able to pick it up based on you know and, and enable customer service to that extent. But I, um, this I think is the beginning, or you know, one of the one of the companies that I think will herald the beginning of this kind of high-touch service-based business that emanates from a smartphone. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, this this speaks to sort of a wider trend of, you know, we you know we're, we we live in a in a time in a society where we just want you know everything done for us uh, and we want it now, um, and and you know taking complexity out of out of things like shipping, uh, you know, makes sense to us. I mean, yeah. look at look at platforms like I mean even things like BarkBox and. Yeah. Um, you, you know, yeah, beer uh, of the week and wine of the week and all yeah, those ones. Or you know, what's the one with the uh, with with the razor blades, the shaving company? Yes. Um, right. I mean, there's there's tons of these things, right? Where you know, we don't want to have to go through the process of like going and deciding, you know, what the what's the right outfit for us this week. Like, you know, like if you can put it together for me and send send me an outfit every month, you know, I'll pay for that premium, right? Um, I'll wear it every I day. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's you know that that that's the kind of trend that we're talking about here. And um, you know, when I re- when I first read the ship story, I was thinking about the um, the eMart campaign uh, around uh, you know where they were flying the Wi-Fi balloon uh, all over the city uh, in Korea in Seoul, um, <clears throat> you know, to kind of reach people in subways and shopping malls and stadiums and all over the place. Uh, and one of the things that we saw with that was, you know, outside of sort of the normal demographic of, you know, sort of the, uh, you know, 25 to, to 35 year olds that you would expect would connect to these things, you know, the next biggest one was seniors, right? Because these seniors couldn't get out to an actual physical store. But if you bring the store to them, uh, they're willing to, you know, invest in the technology and spend the time to do it because, you know, you're, you're giving them, you know, value in, in saving them time and saving them complexity. Uh, in in things like this, and and so you know when I look at ship, I look at it and go, you know the beauty of this is that th- this is you know you know we talk a lot about technology today and 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 smartphone apps and 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 mobile and all that, and we and we say oh yeah, but that's only for young people. You know what? This is for everybody, right? This is for everybody. Like I mean, I I know lots of people, my parents included, would sit there and go, 
hey, I'll pay five bucks for somebody to yep. put all this together. I don't yep. want to have to go through the time to figure yep. out, you know, all the all the details of you know how to pack this thing and what the right you know uh, way bill is and yeah. yeah, yeah, it's just too much for me. I don't understand all this stuff, right? They they didn't have that back in the day. In the day back in the day, I just walked into the uh, to the local store and I said, hey, I got to ship this. Can you take care of it, right? Yep. And it was done. And that's effectively what Ship is doing here. You know, it's uh, I've uh, spent some time, a great amount of time. Uh, I covet this time with uh, Dave Lieb, who is uh, the founder of Bump and now uh, you know acquired yep. by Google, and and uh, he he equates it to uh, removing cognitive overhead, right? And I think that yeah. that's exactly what this is: is that uh, humans, in effect, get in their own way, and the, the things that we think are complicated. Uh, we just shy away from them naturally. We don't like change. We just don't like these things of complications. This is exactly what happened to me with, with directions, right? When, yeah. when all of a sudden I carried a smartphone with me that had directions on all the time, Google Maps or whatever it was, um, I forgot how to get places. Like almost immediately, I started to uh, remove the remove it from my head and put it onto my smartphone. And I think that uh, sometimes that's great. Sometimes it's not so great. Uh, you know, when you're lost and you have no connection, that's fine. Um, but it's removed this cognitive over overhead. Uh, and, I, and I think that something like Ship is exactly that. That is that they've just made it simple to do this. And the benefits I think for business are going to be tenfold, uh, especially for the for the couriers. And I think that this is amazing. Um, who knows how, how quickly they can scale? Like I'd love to do that in Ottawa now, very quickly, or in Toronto, very quickly mm -hmm. before they move up here, because you know it'll only take them five or eight or ten years to get up to Canada. Yeah. Um, so it's something like this that that I think we should be looking at all the services that are out there that are too complex or we think are too complex, like hailing a cab, like shipping a product like getting directions, like picking up groceries, whatever it might be that are too complex mm -hmm. um, for, for some people to do and, and put this service layer on top of it. Like depositing checks, like with ING was one of the first banks up here anyways, right. to be able to take a photo of a check and have a deposit. Like that, that it's so simple. Right. Yeah. You don't need the check, right? So you don't. Uh, this is this is a fascinating thing, and this is a trend that you guys should be watching. Everyone should be watching, simply because I think that there are so many other services out there that are ripe for disruption, just like this, or augmented layers on top of a service that's too complex. Boom, ship, ship, s h y p dot com, and I love the fact that Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss is a smart dude. Although this doesn't equate very well to a four-hour work week, because in order to scale this, you need a huge workforce of people out there picking stuff up. Hmm. Hmm. All right, those are the three is, stories. Is there a partnership with Uber in the future? Well, I think that, you know what? That's exactly what it is. Uber That's will how you scale these things, right? Well, he's a huge Uber guy as well, and Sack and yep. all those guys in the States. And, so. and, I, and I think that... Uh, that's exactly how you scale it. You get people using it, and then instead of a, a you know instead of a ship guy coming up to the door, it's you'll see the the Uber the black cabs come up and, yeah. and ship. It's brilliant. Yeah, oh, I mean, man. yeah. Anyhow, all right. all right. So those are the three stories that we pulled out of those ten. What do you think? Are we off our rockers? Reach out, Robin on Tether TV or Seif at the LBMA .com. We'd love to hear from you. Are these the right stories? Did we miss anything? If we did, if it's about you, it's your fault. You didn't tell us. And of course, uh, we thank you for all your feedback. So please keep keep it coming. Keep it coming. Our last piece of business, our resource of the week. This, uh, you know what? I was intrigued to see if I got to tell you, when you put something called insta instant peeping in front of me, I'm like, what does that mean? What yeah. is this resource of the week? I, I, I don't quite get the name around this. Uh, what, instant? I mean, like, like, I think they're taking it a little bit too far here. I mean, they're, they're <laughs> describing this as social media voyeurism. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, you know, I'm we're both big uh, big fans of data and and data visualizations, and that's really what this is. So basically, what they've done is they've taken five of the biggest cities in the world: Tokyo, Stockholm, London, New York, and Paris. Uh, and they've, you know, on a map, basically plotted real-time um, layouts or visualizations of Instagram photos from a from a geolocation perspective. Um, so, I mean, nothing really exciting here, other than being able to actually visualize, you know, where where these uh, where these photos are coming from. Um, you know, and, and I think, you know, the interesting thing about that is is that from a from a brand uh, PR perspective, we know media love these kinds of infographics, and we know that they get a lot of attention. And I think the reality is, is if if you're a startup out there and and you're sitting on data, whatever data that is, whether you collected it rightly, wrongly, with, with you know with consent, without consent, uh, you know aggregating that stuff and putting it out in some sort of visualization is a good thing to do. Yes, that's the lesson here, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it is. It, it gets you on this week in location-based marketing. It does. Uh, if you're interested in uh, finding out a little bit more information, it's at instantpeeping.dareville.com. Instantpeeping.dareville.com. Are you going to throw this up as a, in the resource, or should we just drive people yeah. there? No, let's just drive people there. Okay. Instantpeeping.dareville.com. Exactly how it's sounds. Instant. Like Instagram. Instant. Instant peeping. There you go. All right, 10 stories, three long discussions, and our resource of the week plus a mobile minute. We are done. Episode 175. I can't believe it's 175. Like, what do you get? Like, what anniversary is 175? Like, who's done 175 episodes of a podcast except for like Leo Laporte? And maybe the yeah. podcast answer man and we're a couple of others. We're, we're getting, getting old. We're going to we're gonna have to retire this. We're going to have to put a bullet in this. Oh, yeah. Or you could just go to patreon.com forward slash on tether and, yeah, and, and feed us in our old better. age. Yes. Yeah. We can we'll just make it better. We'll make it bigger, better, stronger. All right. That is it. We'll be back uh, next week for uh, number 176. Asif, uh, have a safe trip this week. And uh, for those of you who are out there on the road or innovating in the location-based marketing world, reach out to us. Let us know what you are doing. We will have you on. We'd love to have a live guest anytime you feel necessary to voice your opinion about something. You can either do it live or you can go to untether.tv forward slash talk. And you can too be a part of this show. So hopefully we will see some of you guys uh, do that in the near future. But until 176, so see, safe week. See you later, everybody. Thank you. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Cheers.